The information presented in this podcast is of a general nature and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. It should never be used as a substitute for mental care, medical care, or for prevention, diagnosis, or treatment of any other illness. Always consult with a mental health or healthcare professional before engaging in any activities promoted in this podcast. Have you ever wanted to be a superhero? Join clinical psychologist Dr. Janina Scarlett and host Dustin McGinnis as they explore the psychology behind your favorite TV shows, movies, books, comics, video games, and more. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Dr. Janina Scarlett. I am your host, Dustin McGinnis. I am a musician, filmmaker, and all-around fanboy. And I am Dr. Janina Scarlett. I'm a clinical psychologist, author, and a full-time geek. Today, I am fiendishly excited to say that we are going to be discussing the psychology of monsters, horror movies, and the morbid deliciousness that is Halloween. I love Halloween. I love Halloween so much. I wrote a song to celebrate. Enjoy.
So here's an interesting fact. The tradition to address in costumes and mimic monsters and evil creatures began as a Celtic tradition, and it's actually called Samhain. It looks like it's Samhain. It's a, it's a common mispronunciation because it's of its spelling, um, but in Celtic it's Samhain. But what it was was a defense against evil spirits. The Celts believed that as the year came to an end, the living and the dead would overlap and demons and evil spirits would roam the earth again and the only way to combat that was to go out and camouflage yourselves in costumes and things like that and kind of be one if, if you are one they're not gonna mess with you <laughs> kind of like what they did on the walking dead exactly smear yourself with zombie guts and move on and then you're one of them <laughs> so let's start this episode out with this question what makes murder mayhem and dead things so enjoyable and revered so passionately I think in our everyday life, these are the things that terrify us, but if they're fictional, we know that they're not real, so we know that we and our loved ones won't be harmed. And I think there is a fascination with things that are scary, but at a safe distance. For example, it might be kind of exciting to stand close to an edge of a tall building and look down. It might be exciting to get on a roller coaster and feel as if we're going to die, but of course we're safe. Similarly, it's exciting to look at Niagara Falls, something that could kill us if we fell into it. And I think in a similar way, watching a scary movie, watching some kind of a zombie movie or a, a killer, chiller kind of movie creates a sense of fascinations because it creates a thrill kind of an effect while allowing us to remember that we're still safe and watching it from far away. I mean, you're talking about the thrill of being scared. What is the psychology of terror and why would we want to experience being scared? I think... Previously, a few thousand years ago, there was reason to be scared all the time. Our lives were frequently in danger in terms of they were constantly threats to our life, whether it's from other humans or animals or illness. Nowadays, the actual threats to our life are much fewer than they were thousands of years ago. And I think the threat element with the reminder that we have survived we have gotten through it allows us to remember that we're alive so it creates the feeling of exhilaration which can sometimes even be addicting that's why people might engage in uh, certain sensation seeking exercises whether it's skydiving or bungee jumping or things like that and that's why many of us might like scary movies or going on roller coaster rides that feeling of i've survived this you know, this feeling of ultimate terror and got through it creates this feeling of excitement and it's a time that we might truly feel alive and invincible. You just said that it's wanting to feel alive and getting that little adrenaline rush, but there's a lot of dead things in Halloween and Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers, these are by far the most popular horror icons out there. What makes monsters and essentially serial killers so interesting? 
Well, again, I do think that, you know, in real life, we would be terrified of these individuals, but watching them from afar, from a movie theater or from the comfort of our own homes, there's something fascinating about them. They're so different from most of us. I mean, I I don't know about you, but I don't dress up in masks and go around killing people. (laughs) Um, And I think there's something really interesting trying to understand something so dangerous and something so terrifying trying to get so close to it but still from a safe distance where it can't hurt you i think it's for the same reason that people may really enjoy seeing lions and tigers in the zoo we're at a safe distance and at the same time we're seeing this animal that if we were to see it in the wild could actually hurt us So I think that seeing certain killers in movies, seeing how horrific, how terrifying they are, and being able to survive that experience from an audience perspective, as well as perhaps from the character's perspective, from, you know, the victim's perspective, being able to survive those also can create that feeling of exhilaration and curiosity and excitement at this connection. Does putting on a costume or a mask make our behaviors more uninhibited, do you think? For some people, sometimes, sure. This might be especially true for some people who have some repressed aggression, frustration, and anger. However, most people don't. Most people, when they put on a costume, might act in a very similar way, but perhaps maybe a little bit more playful than they would when their mask is off. I think that there is an element of playfulness to us dressing up and especially when we dress up as villains because it allows us maybe a sense of playful naughtiness to explore the the sides of ourselves that we don't necessarily get to explore in our everyday life. Most of us have routines, you know, where we get up and go to work or school and then we have responsibilities when we come home and there's usually not a lot of time for self-exploration or for enjoyment and games whether it's playing video games or phone app games or board games or even dressing up in cosplay allows us to play and play behavior can actually be extremely helpful at experiencing our emotions at allowing us to feel more positive more confident and more connected with ourselves although some people might act widely differently when they're putting on a mask than they do without a mask i think for most people there's still a part of ourselves that's there but certain costumes might allow us to feel more playful yeah so i mean essentially what you're saying is if we identify with monsters and evil creatures and villains and we dress up like them there's actually nothing wrong with us we just want to explore things a little bit more absolutely awesome i'm a musician and i love the way music can intensify feelings especially in horror movies and things like that horror music is not only eerie it helps accentuate the mood by building tension and suspense i mean jaws is a great example because it only has two notes that build up the viewers like anxiety levels you know what do you think the psychology of music is in the terms of generating fear i think most of us are very empathic so what that means is that when we see somebody else experiencing a certain emotion we might remember a time when we felt it and we might experience something similar to empathize similarly our sense of empathy can allow our bodies to respond to certain sounds, especially music. 
when we hear certain beats, our heart might start beating um, almost in accordance to that beat. It is for that reason that fast music or, you know, rock or metal can, can pump us up and certain slow music or melancholic music can allow us to get in touch with certain sadness and related emotions that we might experience. It is because of our ability to empathize that our emotions might match the music tone. So in films, the suspenseful music can create an actual feeling of tension and suspense in our own body. In fact, music alone can cause ourselves to become really tense and even hold our breath just because of the way that our own body responds to the beats of that music. You were just discussing the way that we as humans empathize with things that makes it a little bit easier. There's a subgenre of horror movies that I just personally can't empathize with very well, and that's the psychological horror genre. this is the heels have eyes i mean this movie had mutant people in the hills terrorizing family by torturing and brutalizing them and putting a gun to a baby's head and i mean it was just like too much for my mentalities to take i mean i don't like things that are just shocking for the sake of shock and it just pushes too many boundaries that makes me feel uncomfortable what do you think it is about stories like these and can these kind of stories that are this shocking stretch the boundaries and kind of damage people. I think that movies like art, like music, uh, I think they're all a form of expression. We all have different tastes and some people might find an element of a film or a song or an art piece that they relate to because of their current mood. So somebody that might feel frustrated and aggravated and might be going through feelings of aggression and frustration might relate to a film like it and I think people who frequently experience feelings of frustration might really relate to films like it and it might even vicariously allow themselves to let loose through a movie whereas they never would in real life most never would in real life and I think just as any music wouldn't cause anyone to go do horrific things to people i don't think movies do that either and i don't believe video games do either i know that this is a controversial topic in my opinion music movies video games these are all a medium these are all a form of consumption but they do not cause anything the way that we relate to certain art pieces like movies is up to us but i don't believe that an art piece can cause a certain behavior especially an aggressive one. Now, on the other side of this is um, the fact that some of the social modeling research uh, shows that some behavior can be um, replicated or learned from watching a movie, whether it's empathic behavior or at times aggressive behavior, um, such as uh, famous Bobo doll 
experiment um, in in mid-century in, of last century, uh, which demonstrated that children who watched adults being aggressive towards certain dolls, such as Bobo dolls, became um, temporarily aggressive toward those dolls as well. Now, um, I think that it is possible that some movies might promote certain aggressive or um, pro-social uh, or empathic behavior after watching the movie. However, I believe that most of the audiences watching these movies are self-selecting. And so what that means is that people who might be more interested in psychological horror and torture kind of movies might be experiencing more aggression. I do not believe that movies like it can take a person who has never been aggressive before and make them so aggressive that they start going out and hurting other individuals. There are so many takes on ghost lore. Uh, One of my favorites is that spirits haunt because they have unfinished business left on earth. What can something like this suggest about regret? You know, there was a research study done a few years ago on the regrets of the dying. And what it shows is that at the end of our life, on our deathbeds, many people have certain regrets and they tend to be similar across the world. And those regrets are things such as, I wish I didn't work so hard. I wish I got to spend more time with my family and friends. I wish I got to be myself. I wish I didn't care as much what people thought of me. And I think that many of us sometimes get so caught up on doing a good job in school or at work that we sometimes forget to live. We sometimes don't get a chance to tell people who are important to us how much they mean to us. And I think that when there's a tragedy, when we lose someone or when we have a near-death experience, we might remember what life is really all about. And it's about those meaningful connections. It's about the people that you love. It's about doing things that you care about, whether it's creating music or working on podcasts with the love of your life, whether it's spending time with your family or your pets or traveling. I think that it's a reminder, you know, uh, having these ghosts remain behind with some kind of a regret is a powerful reminder that we all might have things that we wish we had said earlier or had done earlier and perhaps it doesn't make sense to wait perhaps the time is now perhaps if there's a place that you wanted to visit then it's time to start saving up to go do that if there's a person you wanted to talk to or something you wanted to say perhaps the time is now because when else will there be well i'm not regretful because I have you. One other amazing facet of Halloween is that it's for kids and it's for adults. It's for everyone, really. That being said, there's horror movies, but they're not horror movies. It's just horror-based films and cartoons and things like that. They're fun, like Nightmare Before Christmas and Hocus Pocus, The Worst Witch, Shaun of the Dead. Halloween. 
What is your take on movies that poke fun at horror and make them so fun and beloved? I don't even think they poke fun at horror. I think that they allow horror to be accessible to people who might not otherwise like it. You know, whether it's children or adults who might not like horror films and slasher films that most of us think of when we think of horror films, such as Halloween and It and things like that. I think it allows the horror genre to be more accessible to everybody. I think there's also a feeling of nostalgia when we watch some of these movies like Nightmare Before Christmas, for example. We might remember our childhood or, or the time that we watched it with friends. And I know for us, we have a tradition where, where we watch certain movies on Halloween and on Christmas and on certain other holidays. So I think that it allows families and friends to reminisce on, on the previous times that this holiday was celebrated, get into the holiday spirit, even if people might not enjoy the traditional Halloween horror movies. There's so many horror movies that I wouldn't allow our son to see or anything like that. Movies like this allows you to all have a community and a family and you can sit down and watch these movies together and enjoy them and laugh or have a brief little scare or whatever. Absolutely. So I think this is a good spot to go ahead and end this episode of Superhero Therapy with Dr. Janina Scarlett. Again, my name is Dustin. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at The Valiant Geek. And I am Dr. Janina Scarlett. You can find me on Twitter at, at ShadowQuill and under Superhero Therapy everywhere else. We also do have a new web series out there called On the Couch with Dr. Janina Scarlett. You can check it out on YouTube and subscribe to the Superhero Therapy YouTube channel. And let us know what you think. We're out there having a little bit of fun with it. Please have a safe and happy Halloween out there. And we will be back with you next time.